0: We are broadcasting raw live from my ass, ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass <laughs> <laughs> That's as tough as a chunk of my ass, ass. Here comes the biggest ass. ass The big man is back Jim Raw. 350 pounds Say hello to my ass. ass Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth My ass, ass. 30 men will enter my ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than
1: this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 21st, 2021, which means it is time for our review for Fighter Fest Week 2 for AEW Dynamite. Uh, Last week was a really good show. I think most people would agree with that. Um, And the week before that with Road Rager, AEW had also a really good show. And so we're here for Fighter Fest 2. We're going to review the show. um, But before that... If you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on basically all major streaming services. And you can also listen to the podcast on YouTube. So you can find the link to our YouTube channel down below. Or if you just type in Deep Six Wrestling Podcast on YouTube or Deep Six WWE, you can easily find us. Um, our logo on there is the same as our podcast logo. So you know what you're looking for. You can follow us over on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling without the G. We also have a Facebook. We don't post there. So there's no really uh, no no real need to follow that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get into Dynamite, uh, it'd be kind of weird to not mention the news from today. Uh two big pieces of news first. Fightful reported this morning that CM Punk is in talks for a return to the ring and that it's looking like it will be with AEW. Joey, what are your thoughts, buddy?
0: Hey man, I said this a while ago that if anyone can get Punk back to wrestling, it's going to be Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. And that was on, that was just the obvious, like clear cut, like choice for punk, for Punk. If he comes back, it's going to be AEW. I can't see him going anywhere else. And you know, Punk did say that he was, you know, always open to come back. He always talked about it and said that if the story was right, um, and blah 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 blah. So this is exciting stuff. Uh, I'm not going to get my hopes up quite yet. I mean, I know there's talks. You know, talks can fold, and they can, you know, disappear and stuff because they're not always certain. Um, But this is exciting for me. Um, I would say that CM Punk is probably one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and um, it'll be really nice to see him back if if that's the case. Um, Yeah
1: yeah um out of all the times we've heard rumors or rumblings of him coming back this one feels like the most concrete like the report just felt like there was way more to it than just like oh we're hearing that punk might want to return um so i think that's a cool thing i'll be interested to see if it does happen does he come back as like a full-time person or is he a part-timer similar to how like edge is being used in wwe currently where he's like part-time but not like just a, like a one match per year guy like he's like just right. spread out through the year with different storylines but isn't on TV always. Um it'll be interesting. There are some big matches though that they could do with Punk. Obviously, I think Punk and Omega, Punk and Moxley, uh Punk and Cody, um Punk and Eddie Kingston even. Um, oh yeah, definitely. So there are a number of guys in AEW that I think a lot of people would like to see CM Punk wrestle. So it's it's uh, definitely interesting. I saw a, um, I saw like a uh, like a fantasy booking
0: on Twitter. Yeah. Um I forget who posted it. It was just some random person, but it made a lot of sense and honestly it would be very interesting. Um they said um have like Adam like Adam Page um beat uh, Omega for the title all out and then Punk comes out and challenges him and just brings this, like, brings out the straight edge society again. And because you, we know that, you know, Paige is like an alcoholic. So, oh, be, yeah, that'd that'd actually, be, that would be, interesting. be very interesting. Hey, man.
1: He and then cannot... they talked about
0: Serena Deeb. Yeah, they talked about Serena Deeb.
1: Well, you have Trying Deeb, and you also, Deeb.
0: you also have Gallows. Gallows yeah. is a <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that <laughs> one would have been weird. Because he he did mention gals. He said trying to get gals from away from the elite. But that would just be a little random. <laughs> that would be bizarre. <laughs> I, I need gals with the
1: Stanley. Yeah, I that think, would be uh, interesting. I think Page and Punk would be a great Page and Punk would be really good. Um I don't I don't disagree. Um so yeah, there's that. And the other piece of news is basically right before Dynamite, um, it had been talked about over the past couple of days about Daniel Bryan's status with WWE and appearing that he wasn't coming back. Uh, Bodyslam.net officially reported mm-hmm. uh, that Daniel Bryan has signed a contract with AEW. Uh, Fightful then seemingly backed it up, as did Andrew Zarin of uh, the Matt Men podcast for Wrestling Observer. So it is seeming more and more likely that we could be getting Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Danielson uh, debuting for AEW sometime this year. And mm-hmm. I believe you sent it, Joey saying that it looks like he might be debuting at the New York show at Arthur Ashe stadium.
0: I mean, which makes perfect sense because you know, that's probably going to be like one of their biggest shows.
1: Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. They've like, already, they are already, like capacity the, wise. Yeah. Well, they said on the show tonight, they've already sold over 15,000 tickets and that's without right, a single right. match announced. <laughs> exactly. So I think
0: it'd be really honestly, like I know people like want to be surprised by, by Daniel Bryan. Right. But since it kind of like you know, since people like the common fan have probably seen these reports, um, if it is true, I say you announce him for that show to sell more tickets. I mean, that just might be the most logical thing if they want to go that route or a surprise, it doesn't really matter. It's the Regardless, logical it would be sell. a
1: logical thing. I think they should keep it a surprise, especially if he's gonna have a very like. Out there thing, but if he does if Tony Khan end up does uh like buying the rights to use Final Countdown by Europe as Mm, a theme song. Right. That song is very like perfect for a surprise debut. Yeah, I agree with that. And so even with fans knowing AW crowds are always hot, so they'll still Mm -hmm. react like crazy. Look at look at just look at Money in the Bank. Everybody knew Cena was coming back. Mm -hmm. Um he was already announced for uh SmackDown, I believe. Um on friday this week everybody knew he was going to be on the july 23rd smackdown so i was like right, we right, knew right. he was coming but like you look at the reaction he got at money in the bank yeah 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 yeah. so i think right. that even if people know brian's coming a matter of like just it happening i think is enough to get the crowd going crazy oh, yeah 100 so, percent um but yeah so two big pieces of news that uh could change things quite a bit for AEW if they manage to get cm punk and daniel Bryan on contract um yeah, that's just insane that would be uh wild um, for Brian, Joey, is there anybody you particularly want to see him wrestle? If he, uh, does indeed come to AEW? Um. Aside hmm. from Kenny Omega. Uh, um. that's the easy one.
0: That is the easy one. I would want him to see him, I want to see him against Mox. Okay. Like, current day Mox. Honestly, I'd be okay with, like, seeing him against Punk current day. Yeah, that's, that'd be fine. If that came true. Um. But like maybe like a younger talent, I would uh, say Daniel Bryan and I think Daniel Bryan and Darby would be
1: fun. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say Daniel Bryan and Jungle Boy for me. Oh, yes. Um, I think that would be killer. So, um, yeah, also, I feel like Daniel Bryan and MJF would be really good as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Also agree.
1: Um, but there's like endless possibilities with with that's true Brian Brian again Brian Brian even now is capable of putting on a good match with literally like anybody he wrestles right exactly um but yeah so that's what we got going on uh in the news realm it'll be interesting to see what happens um and I guess only time will tell we did get surprise appearances on tonight's show so AEW just keeps rolling with the surprises
0: yeah They surely do.
1: So let's kick things off again. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so. And if you are subscribed, please consider leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out. And if you're listening on YouTube, drop a thumbs up or a comment down below. And uh, yeah. Opening the show, we had Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears as part of the five labors of Jericho. Uh, the stipulation here was that Sean Spears could use a chair, but Chris Jericho could not. We had MJF on commentary as well, and the entire match, he was basically just fawning over uh, Sean Spears, calling him the Canadian God. Uh, literally <laughs> yeah. sounded like he was in love with the man. Um Honestly, I had like zero expectations for a Sean Spears, Chris Jericho match. This actually ended up being pretty fun. Um, I feel like a lot of it was due to the the, the chair stuff and also just the crowd being really into this. Yeah, I agree. Um, The crowd was like super hot for this opening match Um, as expected for Jericho. The people love him. Um, We got some cool stuff with, again, uh, Spears using the chair. Um, Lots of chair shots throughout the match. Um, We got the... uh, And we got who who came out? Sammy Guevara came out uh Mm -hmm. towards the end of this to basically this Tully kept trying to cheat with uh Sean, and so Sammy played equalizer here. Um, and this led to a big near fall with Spears hitting the C4 for a two count, and then there was a like a chair pile, and he did like a a fireman carry on it, or was going to Jericho got out of it and ended up winning with the Judas effect. So, Mm -hmm. um yeah, I thought this it was, a was fun. Solid. Yeah, again, this was be- much, much more enjoyable than I expected. Uh, again, Sean Spears is Sean Spears, is fine. Jericho, hit or miss. Yeah, definitely. Um, but pairing those two guys up was not something I was very excited for, and the stipulation just sounded kind of goofy. But I thought they did really well with it, and again, the crowd really helped this one.
0: Yeah, I um, definitely agree. But so Chris
1: Jericho survives his first, uh, his first little challenge here, and then <laughs> after the match. We get MJF uh, on the mic saying that, you know, he beat Spears, but it was only because of uh, Sammy the Simp Guevara. Uh, So that is his nickname. Love that. And he says that uh, he warns Jericho that if anybody else interferes in any of the other matches, that Jericho will be disqualified and he will not get to face MJF. And so uh, Jericho kind of just shakes his head in the ring. And then we see uh, we go back to MJF on the stage. He says next week's labor is a no DQ match against the most sadistic criminal being to ever step in the square circle. A man who once stabbed his opponent in the jugular and who once robbed a bank with no mask on. Um, And he says Nick Gage and Nick Gage makes his AW debut I had predicted Nick Gage several times over the last year. To debut you did. You in, really uh, did. In AEW. Um, it's so weird. And it uh, it did not happen any of these times. And, and now it does. And it's at the hands of MJF. I would have never predicted in my life for Nick Gage to be one of the people that Jericho would have to face.
0: That's insane. He's You know, that's like started from the bottom for Nick Gage right there, dude. Like, that has to be the first time he's ever been on national TV when when it comes to, like, a wrestling
1: promotion, right? I believe so. It has to be. That's insane. And now his first match on, like, national TV is against Chris Jericho. Dude, that, that's, like, the... That's, that's wild. Like easily, easily the biggest match of his career. Uh, Just like yeah. that. <laughs> insane. Um, that is so nuts. And the fact that there's going to be a no-DQ match. So, this week, uh, we had... We, we've gotten a lot of hardcore matches recently in AEW, mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. They keep them coming. The fans so, love it. Yeah. Um, again, was not expecting this at all. Uh, was just kind of like... Not a... Sideswiped by... Hey, the I mean, I did table. I
0: did say that they would probably... They're going to, like, do people outside. Yeah, of the, well, the when, we, we,
1: when they first announced this, we, uh, we talked about our predictions for this. And actually, we'll talk about this a little later because somebody else debuted on this show who I predicted for one of these... <laughs> um, but yeah, we both said that there was likely going to be somebody coming in from the outside. Like how Jericho brought in Jeff Cobb for his feud with Moxley. Right. Uh, I still would, would never have guessed Nick cage. <laughs> no, yeah, dude. No, never. Um, so definitely interesting to see. Um, and yeah. So GCW, uh, GCW's finest.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Jersey.
1: Yeah. Look at that um, man. After this, we get a video package from Miro talking about his next title defense. Uh, really good promo from here uh, from Miro talking about being the redeemer. And got a nice little new jacket. Got a nice little new jacket with the. It's interesting. It's a Bloodsport jacket. Um, I don't. I, I didn't. Couldn't see the back of it, so I don't know if it was for the movie Bloodsport or Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Interesting, um, but definitely interesting, especially because Miro did not say who his next title defense is. Um, but oh, okay. uh, you look pretty cool here. I really do like the new title. Uh the TNT title, the white and green. Yeah, it he looks nice. really good on him. Um after this, we have match of the year contender, Doc Gallows versus Frankie Kazarian, baby. This was the match I was looking forward to. I uh I genuinely do not remember any of this except for the fact that <laughs> Doc Gallows won. Um Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about this match, honestly. <laughs> I I don't really have anything to say. This would have been so much better if it was Kazarian versus Carl Anderson. but Yeah, or anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, after the match, the Good Brothers um, hit him with the magic killer. Kenny and Don come out. And we get a Don Callis promo here, which are always very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Omega gets on the mic and says that Kaz has been a thorn in the elite side for months. But the tables have turned, and then he says the elite hunter has become, has become, and he struggles. And Don Callis whispers in his ear, and he says, "Ah, the elite hunter has become the elite hunted." Oh and my god! It was so goofy. This Kenny Omega, this like current heel character, is like easily one of the most hateable people in wrestling. He's so fucking annoying. Hundred percent. Hundred percent.
0: And he knows it, too.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, well, I think this was highlighted last week when he attempted to start a belt collector chant uh, for the crowd <laughs> and started cracking up at the end of it. So um,
0: my question is, um, you think, uh, you know, he's just, like, going to be solo?
1: Kaz? Yeah. Well, he's see, just gonna... I assumed I wasn't... Um... Before Omega came out and they hit the... It was just the Good Brothers hitting the Magic Killer. I was like, oh, somebody's going to come out and save Kazarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I don't know who it's going to be, but we're going to get somebody to uh, go up at, Like, he's going to have a new partner.
0: I was going to say, I, can't, I feel like it can't be that effective. if It's just him,
1: like, trying to take out the entire elite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoilers for, uh, for Impact. Well, not really spoilers, but Frankie Kazarian does appear at the Impact taping, so he'll be on Impact for a bit it seems, so maybe he'll find a partner in Impact to take on the Elite, but um, but for now, I have no idea. Yeah, um, very interesting. And as the Elite go to beat down uh, Kazarian some more, Page runs out and uh, comes to confront them. He has a beer in his hand. And uh, Don points out the fact that Cowboys aren't known to be smart, and he asks if Page can count, noting that uh, there's Four of them, and there's only one of him. So he questions if Paige is just drunk or if he's stupid. And uh, then he hands Don his drink and proceeds to pick a fight with the good brothers. And then uh, they beat him down. Then we get the Dark Order running out, and we have a big brawl here. And it ends with them hitting, or their... it was Reynolds and Silver hit some moves, and then page nailed Carl Anderson with the uh, buckshot. And uh, the crowd went crazy for this, as expected. I think everybody's fully invested in this Omega and Page feud, and everybody loves the Dark Order. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's pretty clear that they've struck gold with the storyline. Yeah, I
0: definitely agree. Uh, I feel like the crowd is, like, 100% behind this, and uh, Paige and Omega is easily, like, gearing up to be, like, one of the hottest feuds in wrestling. Yeah, 100%. And I think this is big for, this is definitely big for AEW, too. Um, so I'm like, not, cause you know, the whole thing is, oh, AEW can't make, you know, good views without having two WWE X, two, uh, two X, WWE, guys. And, um, neither of them are WWE guys, X D uh, WWE guys. So yeah, it's
1: I think they can, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people would argue that this is like one of the best, uh, storylines going in like any wrestling company right now. Yeah. But.
0: Long-term booking, at, you know done yeah right, this is this
1: has, been, this has been going since literally 2019 <laughs> yeah
0: done right not not like you know not just randomly picking things not and random it's, yeah, yeah
1: then claiming it's long yeah exactly uh, after this we see brian cage backstage no oh, excuse me and uh he asks if team taz are still here and we see them talking uh earlier in the day in the stadium and ricky Starks declares that next week he, uh, he's going to have a, the biggest celebration that entertainment has ever seen for his FTW champion win. Uh, and then Cage says he loves parties. And so assuming Brian Cage will be crashing this celebration mm-hmm. next week. Yeah, I love it. After this, we get Darby Allen versus Wheeler Yuta representing the best friends with uh, with uh, Orange Cassie with him and Sting is with Darby. Uh, again, Wheeler Yuta put on another really good showing here. I really like the guy. Um, I, I I truly do hope. I mean, part of me assumes he might be signed somewhat to them because, like, he's he's been on Dynamite back to back weeks, and he comes out to the best friends theme song. Yeah, and
0: it seems like, and they they said that like uh Orange is like uh, his mentor.
1: Yeah. So I'm interested to see if he is signed or not. Regardless, I'm enjoying his appearances. Um, I feel like yeah, he's, a good he's fit really for the good. Roster. Yeah. Uh, this is a fun match. Um, again, you can't expect that from Darby and Wheeler. Again, I thought they both worked really good here. But the big thing for me was uh, we got Sting and Orange Cassidy on the outside <laughs> uh, while Darby and Wheeler were both down. And the crowd went crazy for this interaction. They loved it. And Sting, uh, as soon as so Darby puts his hands in his pockets, and then Sting is the one to first toss one of the kicks, and they toss some kicks back and forth. And then uh, my favorite moment of this is when Sting does his chest-beating taunt that he does during matches to get fired up. Basically, his version of hulking up. But he does it, like, lackadaisical, like uh, like Orange Cassidy. So good. I I honestly would like to see Sting and Orange Cassidy wrestle at this point. Dude, that'd be a fun match. <laughs> Sting has shown that he can still go. Yeah, um, that'd be fun. I, it would be, and he doesn't even need to go that hard against Cassidy. So I feel like it'd be a pretty fun time. Uh, Darby won with the coffin drop, kind of as expected here. I don't think anybody thought Wheeler Duda was going to pin Darby. Yeah, I no. um, After the match, the Blades showed up and beat down Orange Cassidy. He hit him with the uh, with the nux, and that set up our match for later on in the show. Um, we got a video package breaking down the Texas Death Match that was the main event between Lance and Moxley. And after this, we went to our women's title match: Britt Baker versus Nile Rose for the AW Women's Championship. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest; I didn't really care for this. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, the I end, liked it. I thought the I feel like the like the last like two minutes of this was good, but the rest of this was really like just like I felt like they never really connected with each other. Like, it just felt like sloppy and slow. Uh, this is definitely um, not so great in my opinion. I feel like they both had better matches. I feel like they've had a better match together. The last yeah, no, they hundred
0: yeah, they hundred percent have. But I, I guess I could agree with that. The the um the last like part of the match was definitely the best part of it. Yeah, like <laughs> we had that near fall from Brit. Like, I honestly thought it's crazy to think I know that she wasn't going to lose, but at the same time I was like, oh no. What is this? Yeah, Um, but yeah. So I mean, it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was okay.
1: Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we got some near falls towards the end. We had um, Nyla hit her big like diving knee across the the ropes for uh, a two count. Britt got a like a couple super kicks in um i believe there was a curb stomp um brick got the kick out of the beast bomb so that was a really good near fall but eventually Britt baker won with the lockjaw and uh Nyla tapped out so uh again not my favorite um uh, not really for me i felt like they both could have done better here but That's it fair. is what it is hopefully it's over hopefully the, 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 the Ho- feud is over hopefully Uh, After this, we went to a brief press conference with FTR and Proud and Powerful uh, talking about their upcoming match. Um, FTR said that they respect Santana and Ortiz as wrestlers, but not as men. And uh, Santana basically stole the show, as per the usual, whenever he's given a mic and went on a big, big tangent about um, his history with his mother um, and how they've had to fight and claw for basically their livelihood for their entire lives. And then uh, Dax says that he only cares about God, his family, and pro wrestling. And the only thing left to do is to show up and beat their ass. And then they both stood up at each other, looked like they were going to fight. But the refs came in and stopped it. Very excited for this. Uh, Proud and Powerful and FTR should be a fantastic tag match. Um, And I'm assuming this is only the first of many. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, Um, this is going to be really fun. I am expecting this to be on the shorter side of things just because of the other matches we have next week. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but I'm still excited for this. Uh, the yeah, interactions really, have been great. They're really stacking up the card. So agreed. Uh, after this, Tony Schiavone in the ring and he has an interview segment with Andrade El Idolo. Uh, Andrade comes out. I actually really like Andrade's entrance music. It's grown on me since the oh, first yeah, couple yeah, times. Yeah. yeah, hundred percent. Andrade finally is ready to reveal his surprise. And uh, he has his assistant tell Tony what it is, and Tony looks shocked. He even pulls off his glasses and puts them back on, and he asks everybody to stand up and welcome the new consultant for Andrade, and it's Chavo Guerrero. Um, oh, God. You were, you I were calling just like to, it in a different I, capacity. <laughs> three weeks ago, when they first announced the labors of Jericho, I said that Chavo was going to be one of the people to face Chris. Uh, as somebody from his past, but no, he's now partnered up with Andrade. Um, interesting choice. Um, I, I'm not against it. Travo uh, is pretty good on the mic, and it showed um, consistency because first it was Vicky, Guerrero. yeah. I first it was Vicky, and now it's Travo. Yeah, so I like it. I like um, it. And yeah, and again, Travo's good on the mic, so I don't have an issue with that. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Um, he uh, he talks up. Andrade putting him over and then death Triangles music hits and interrupt the crowd Goes wild for them Mm -hmm. Um, And I think rightfully so because we haven't Seen Pac since Like right after the triple threat at Double or nothing right Um, and Phoenix Has been injured so we got all three here Yeah uh, Phoenix has been gone For a while I feel like Yep and we had Alex with them as well Uh, So glad to see Everybody still loves these guys and glad to see They're over Um Pockets gets on the mic and says that he doesn't know who Andrade thinks he is. Um, but last week when they heard their name in his mouth, um, that they had to come out here. Uh, Andrade then puts himself over calling himself an elite superstar. Um, and then uh, he speaks in Spanish for a bit. So I can't really say what he said, but Travo then takes the mic and he says that he knows Pock only speaks one language. So he's going to explain it to him. He says they're all talented in death triangle. But their waists aren't shiny enough, and they want to change that, and they can if they just listen to Andrade. And uh, Andrade takes the mic back and asks the Lucha Brothers, why work for Pac when you can work for Andrade? And then Pac retorts this by saying uh, that they don't work for Pac. They're a team, they're a family, and a brotherhood. And then Phoenix takes the mic. And as soon as he takes the mic, the crowd starts just again, great reaction. The people love Phoenix and Uh, uh, Penta.
0: Uh, I mean, I mean, like Phoenix was probably like one of the best wrestlers of the year. Yeah. Last year or this year.
1: Uh, Phoenix says, uh, again, talks in Spanish for a bit, but then notes that they are the real face of the Latinos, him and Penta, not Andrade. Yeah. And then Penta says that Andrade is not on their level. Uh, And then they head down to the ring. And before a brawl can break out, the refs come down to break this up. Um, I thought this was a pretty interesting segment. I didn't really expect this to be the way that they went about this storyline. I thought it was going to be Andrade either trying to recruit them under him or for him to just challenge them one by one. Instead, we got Chavo here. Uh, We got him trying to hire the Lucha Brothers instead of them working for Pac. Um, And they've mentioned family now in this. So that's why when uh, you and Ryan asked me who I thought Andrade could be bringing in, I suggested it could be Roosh, the former Ring of Honor champion. I don't know what his contract status is like, but it would make sense. Other than that, I have absolutely no clue who they could bring in for a third person for Andrade because it's him, Chavo, Mm -hmm. and then I'm assuming somebody else to challenge these guys.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent, and uh, I think this just you know also proves that uh, trios uh, titles are coming; they're incoming.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Because the mention of the their waists aren't aren't shiny enough. Um, I think that kind of like teases it a little bit too.
1: Yeah, possible. Um. After this, we saw footage from before the show where the the Hardy family office attacked Jurassic Express. Um, Christian made the save, and then we went backstage, and Christian cut a brief little pro- uh, promo uh, and challenged uh, the Private Party and Angelico to a uh, match next week on Dynamite. So uh, it's him, uh, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus Private Party and Angelico. So this should be good. Uh, QT Marshall is backstage with the oh, factory, yeah. and he says he owes Tony uh, Tony an apology, and next week he'll get it. I have no idea what they're doing with QT and the family. This The faction feels dead.
0: Yeah, it's um, a bit dead.
1: I don't think anybody cares about QT after he lost to Cody. Uh I, And I have no idea what they're doing with him and Tony Schiavone, so... No sure. idea. Orange Cassidy versus The Blade. Um never really thought i'd see the blade in a sing- like a high profile singles match on dynamite but here we are um thought this was pretty fine again this was a match that i feel like was really benefited by the crowd just being excited and mm-hmm. hot this was in front of like a typical just like regular audience pre covid i feel like this would kind of die yeah. uh because <laughs> i don't know if anybody cares about watching the blade wrestle orange cassidy but Um, Yeah, Uh, we had interference from uh, the bunny, which uh, prompted Chris Statlander to come out to interfere on Orange Cassidy's behalf. Um, And eventually Orange put him away with the orange punch. And post-match, he got the knuckles and hit another orange punch with the knuckles on the blade. And the crowd went crazy for him. So, uh, yeah, Orange Cassidy is still very over. Yeah, uh, 100%. I don't think that was going to change at all. Fair enough. Um, Then we get the the greatest surprise of the night. Chris Jericho is backstage with his back turned, and he's being interviewed by the sweat god himself. And my God, was he fucking sweaty tonight. You could see the sweat coming off of him. Alex Marvez. And it's talking about the match with Nick Gage next week. And you can already, I already knew it was happening because you could see Jericho had the spiked jacket on mm-hmm oh turns, yeah as, soon he, as yeah he, he says that he's bringing the most violent and demented version of chris jericho it's the pain maker and he turns around he's got the eye makeup on and then he puts his fedora on and mm-hmm. growls at the camera mm-hmm. i'm not gonna I'm... lie
0: this kind of turned me on <laughs>
1: wait a minute <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah this uh this is one of the more goofy things that I've seen <laughs> that is like this wasn't played for comedy this was played serious but yeah. like this looked laughable. Well the pain De-
0: maker gimmick was is cool right? Like I didn't really watch him in, in um, New Japan.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. No. It just <laughs> looks goofy. Um, that's fair. Most of his New Japan matches are not that great. Yeah. His, his ones with Ta- like the Tanahashi match um, the Omega match and like the first Naito match are good. Mm-hmm. Everything else is. uh No, the fact that he had a bad match with Okada. <laughs> oh, um, OK. Says quite a bit about the pain maker, uh, which is where this actually stems from. Um, so we'll see. But my God, it's such a goofy fucking look.
0: Yeah the makeup is a little weird. It the makeup like and evil him clown. putting
1: putting a fedora on and then growling <laughs> at the camera. What is this? Yeah,
0: dude, the fedora just kills me. Oh like stop God. wearing fedoras imagine in 2021.
1: If, imagine if Roman Reigns back, it was like backstage and like who um edge challenged him to a no gq match yeah. and <laughs> he's like I accept and he puts on a fedora and just like does ooh ah but has a fedora
0: no way. he puts on you know since he's the tribal chief he puts on like a headdress like the oh, yeah. feathered like I mean
1: at least, at least that would fit his character I don't know
0: that would look really goofy too I <laughs> it, think it
1: would look a <laughs> bit goofy for the character Um, but yeah anyway it's gonna be something
0: yeah um, I think the
1: match is gonna be crazy yeah I would assume so <laughs> Um, I'll be interested to see how much Jericho is willing to do in like a death match with Nick
0: Gage. The well, the fact that he even accepted this match, I would say probably a lot.
1: Yeah, fifty I year guess old so. Chris Jericho. I guess maybe his thinking is like, oh, Insane. maybe it, he like he wants to just take it off his bucket list.
0: Dude, I guess so. I mean, you know, hats off to him for
1: yeah for doing that. Uh, we get two big announcements coming out of this, or actually three big announcements, um, I should say. So first up, they announced that next week uh, on uh, Fight for the Fallen, uh, we're officially getting the five-on-five five, um, for Dark Order versus The Elite. We're getting FTR and Proud and Powerful. We're getting this, uh, like the trios match with Jurassic Express and Christian versus the Hardy Family Office. They also announced that we're going to be getting uh, Hickaleo, representing Bullet Club versus the winner of tonight's main event for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, Moxley or Lance Archer. So uh, another little crossover there. Um, And then we get the announcement that Tony Khan will appear on the show next week, and he is going to announce a massive new live event. Um, My two areas of thought of what this could be is AEW is going to head to the West Coast for the first time, which they still have yet Mm -hmm. to do because of the pandemic. Right. Or it's that they're going to be announcing whenever they're going to the UK. Uh, yeah, that's those what I, would be I was my two. Overseas as well. Yeah, the only thing that could impact the overseas is obviously COVID. Um, but well, yeah. Uh, either way, I'm assuming this is going to be a big deal if Tony's appearing on the show. I feel like he very rarely. Yeah, does. that is a good like, point. The last time we saw Tony on TV, I think was at the Brody tribute show when Brody Lee passed away. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, this isn't one that like he's always out for. Um, and then they also announced that Cody Rhodes will be facing Malachi Black on Dynamite. It's going to happen on August 4th back at Daly's Place for their homecoming show. Um, so, yeah, interestingly, like, I'm assuming my assumption is that this is match one and then I wouldn't be shocked if they do another at All Out. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that's I've, still going to be an All Out match. Yeah, I've already seen a lot of people talking about the match graphic for the match, uh, Mm -hmm. where it's Malachi Black uh, shrouded in darkness, and then Cody Rhodes just looks like he's God. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, interesting, Uh, but I mean... I like like it. Yeah, I like the. It's like light and dark. I don't have an issue with it. I think some people are looking too deep into it. Yeah um i thought the visual last it's a good, Malachi, yeah, good yeah he's all black yeah. suit and then goes all white I think it was agreed a it's a good visual 100 um so some people just want to clown cody Rhodes, and most of the time it's warranted i would yeah, say this time it's not when he's doing yeah, yeah. i'm mr america cody that Rhodes was and bad but like anytime that's else, bad when like, he's just when this is a yeah. match graphic that he like it's literally just hyping a match i don't have an issue with it yeah then we head to our main event: John Moxley versus Lance Archer for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship in a Texas Death Match. Uh, this is a follow-up from their match at the Tokyo Dome back in uh, 2020, where they also had this match, and mm-hmm. obviously Moxley won there. Um, yes, he did. And so this was uh, Joey, Joey, I will say you did uh, predict this. You predicted last week. I did that. Uh, Lance Archer would beat John Moxley and become the U S champion here. And you were right. I bet against you. I thought it was going to be Moxley. I for sure thought they weren't going to take this title off of him until resurgence, but uh, that was not the case.
0: Yeah. Um, I just feel like, uh, I feel like uh, Archer really needed this. Like, um, I feel like this is like very refreshing for Lance Archer, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a guy he's, who's he's gonna... been in so he's been in like multiple title matches and hasn't won. Yeah, he's like always been at that step but he couldn't just he couldn't get over, like you know what I mean, couldn't get over the wall. So it's really nice to see that he finally, you know, got up there and uh, you know, gets his win back from Moxley. That was another thing I was thinking about how, you know, New Japan usually does their booking, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I was just thinking, like, you know, um, but yeah, so he gets his win back, and this really helps Archer. Um, John Moxley is John Moxley, so you don't have to worry about him. Like, it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, Moxley honestly, could, Moxley, Moxley can could could lose, lose like seven times
1: in a row, it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. Agree, and he'll always be over, and people will still respect him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely think this helps Lance much more than it would ever hurt Moxley. Yeah um, especially because people really like Lance Archer um, but I feel like a lot yeah. of people were just waiting for them to do something with him and now he finally has something and it's mm-hmm. something big. Like, he's now, like, he's the new represent uh, representative for, like, AEW in New Japan. Yeah. Um, like, they're, like, the entire country. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for the U.S. Yeah. I'm And I'm interested to see how long he holds this. Obviously, again, Resurgence is happening on August 14th. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Lance is going to now wrestle at that show. Yeah. Um, Which is cool that Lance gets to do another New Japan show, because, like, New Japan fans love the guy after his last run with the company. Um, I really hope this isn't like a short reign and he just loses it there because I also don't know who they'd even have challenged him for it and I do not see Hickalea winning this title next week. No. There's not Um, a chance. (laughs) I do have to say I am more into Hikaleo versus Archer, then I probably would have been Hikaleo versus Moxley. Yeah, we got, you got um, your like Hoss fight. Exactly, a big Hoss fight for the title. That should be fun. Um, so officially, we're in Lance versus Hikaleo next week. But we should talk about the match. The match was nuts. This oh was violent as shit. That was, in, there was. Some of the spots were crazy, like with the fork. Like the forks, the fork violence. In they this needed was to chill. Wild the fork. <laughs> uh, There was lots of stabbing in this. Moxley, we started biting at Lance Archer's wound. Mm-hmm. Um... We had uh, Moxley go to like br- like slam a trash can lid on Archer's head and Archer countered it by just punching mm-hmm. it against Moxley's head, which busted him open. That was pretty good. Um, I, one of the cooler moves here was not like a hardcore move. I don't think I've ever seen this. Um, Lance Archer went for like, uh, he did like the wrist, wrist lock ripcord, which is like the setup for like the, uh, the Rainmaker. Yeah. But instead of doing the ra- Rainmaker, he did the, uh, he did like the, boss man slam
0: oh um, yeah, big yeah. Man's
1: move which i thought looked really good yeah that was um, cool then we got um archer set up two chairs where he's gonna do the blackout through them oh. moxley countered and then looked at them for a second and turned them back to back so that, like uh, he was gonna i guess try and like suplex archer onto them uh, Archer counters this and choke slams John Moxley onto the back <laughs> the back of oh, to the top there, of the There's back of literally
0: no way to like do that safely. No. Like that just hurt. Like that, that just had to hurt. hurt to watch. Yeah,
1: that just had to hurt. There was no way for that to like not hurt. 100 <laughs> percent Um Moxley eventually comes back with a big Larry and then the paradigm shifts. And with the Texas Deathmatch, it's you gotta get a 10 count, basically last man standing. Mm-hmm. Um and as the count's going, Archer pops up and flips Moxley off with uh, two two middle fingers. And we did not get a black screen like we did. Ah, oh, thank God. That uh, money in the bank. But uh, yeah, um, again, this was just wild. We got more fork stabbing. Uh, Moxley went to the floor and got two like, I don't even know, things of barbed wire and just put it on top of two tables that were set up earlier. At this point, as soon as you grab the 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 um, barbed wire, I knew Moxley was done. Uh, he, they go up to the apron, and uh, Archer just basically tosses Moxley off of it. Oh no! Before
0: that, he like
1: oh, he had the fork. Yeah, him. I forgot he had that the fork. Was
0: brutal. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that was probably the the most notable spot for me of the it was, match. Like yeah, the, how it was violent, the like there. He yeah. just like repeatedly stabbed. I was like, oh my god, the fact that Moxley like agreed to that spot
1: is just it it just shows how insane he is yeah moxley's a (laughs) madman. um and so yeah john moxley stays down in the barbed wire and lance archer lance archer indeed is now the iwgp united states heavyweight champion once again Mm -hmm. was not expecting this pleasantly surprised i love lance so i'm not against it moxley's reign comes to an end which frees him up Um, And then Hikaleo comes into the ring and they stare down. um, And yeah, so that's setting up your IWGP title match next week. Um, Pretty exciting stuff.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. And like you said, this frees up Moxley, um, which I think was kind of needed, probably for his sake as well. Um, You know, he does have a newborn and um, I could see him taking maybe like a little time off to sell this. Match, yeah, maybe. You
1: know? um, I mean he doesn't have anything really going on in storyline. So yeah,
0: I still think since he was advertised for,
1: oh, he'll definitely do the resurgence. Yeah, yeah. he'll still not. be there. They're not going to pull him from that, right? Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see what Archer can do uh, with the title. Hopefully, he gets to do some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And agree. Uh, obviously, Moxley's reign kind of was hurt by the pandemic quite a bit. He didn't get to wrestle much in Japan. Um, at all really after the Suzuki match Um, but in the end like this year I feel like they really tried to turn it around by sending Kenta and Nagata over
0: um, yeah they tried to make
1: the best best of it which was, you know exactly some pretty cool moments so 100% so all in all for what it was Moxley's reign I I still think it's not his fault it's not even New Japan's fault or anybody's booking It's just nobody could control that right Um, but yeah uh, I had said uh, last night on our raw review that I or not last night on Monday on our raw review I wasn't really looking forward to this episode of Dynamite um I was just, about to say it to you I was like, Yeah, yeah wasn't, Penn, uh, you know? it wasn't it wasn't really on my um on my uh like hype list for previous Dynamites and to be fair I still think this was a step down from the past couple of weeks of Dynamite because not only did we have Doc Gallows versus Frankie Kazarian and that's match that fair. nobody will remember
0: but okay, like, like I said, match quality. Okay, I agree with you with that. but, yeah, like the but stuff, we still had some
1: big surprises yeah, and storyline stuff, stuff was happening. Yeah, um, it was so so shocking. yeah. But and again, the the women's title match wasn't really for me. But other than that, I thought the show was really solid. Um, so I'll still give it a thumbs up. I, I was not bored during this show. Like no, even no. even Kazarian and Gallows was like we short just, short enough. It yeah, wasn't we like, just
0: kept on getting surprises. So like I was just like super
1: intrigued, like, okay, what's next? Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like
0: we got so many.
1: Exactly. Um, I'm assuming you're gonna give it a thumbs up as well. Uh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah. So that's Dynamite. Again, next week we have Fight for the Fallen, uh, which is shaping up to be a pretty big show. And then the week after that is Homecoming. Um which has, is, we now know is headlined by Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. So we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, but yeah, so that's going to do it for us. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you're not, follow us over on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.